And I'm Nicole. And welcome to A Different Tech, the podcast where two Black women talk tech. How are you, Nicole? I'm doing well. I'm ready for the Christmas break. Uh, I have one more week of work until I'm taking PTO for the rest of the year. Oh, wow. I can't wait to recharge, get into some hobbies. Love it. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, You know, end of a week, beginning of a new week. Also ready to take time off for the holiday season as well. So just really trying to make it through this last leg of 2020. Yeah, I can't wait for this year to end, honestly. Same. (laughs) This year has been... The only year that seems to have lasted a decade. Honestly, so much has happened this year. It's honestly really been crazy. Which brings us to our topic this week, which is the... Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Nicole, what were your initial thoughts when you heard of COVID-19? I actually heard about it, the severity of it, in January. I went to a party, and there happened to be a woman from the CDC who was visiting. And I got talking to her and mentioned coronavirus because at that time there wasn't much known about it in the U.S. And it wasn't as serious as it is now. And I was asking, like, hey, what, what's going on? And it was scary because she basically said, we don't really know about this virus. We're researching it, but it's still kind of an unknown. And she was telling me in China, more people are dying than they're reporting. It's really serious. So once she told me, hey, this is are really serious virus. Of course, there are many pandemics that have been serious, like Ebola and H1N1, SARS, but there really haven't been any that hit the US in the way it hit Africa and Asia. So just very, very stressed once I heard about that. And then soon after that, the country started shutting down and people started dying and it got really bad. How'd you hear about it on your end? Yeah, you were actually really ahead of the curve. I feel like I heard about it pretty last minute. Um, I feel like people started talking about it in February, but there wasn't too much talk going on, at least in my circle. And then after, I remember you and I, we went to Jamaica. We for did. Birthday. Right before and everything then, yeah, shut down. Yeah, literally right before everything. And I remember coming back and I was like, I'm ready for the next trip. I was supposed to go to Atlanta. I was going to turn up for one of my friend's birthdays. And then I remember sitting, like, we were talking, and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, I remember being like, oh, I don't know if it's that serious. Like, I'm not sure. And you were like, no, I think it's pretty serious. And then I feel like two days later, they shut down everything. And I was like, oh, wow, like, this is real. Like, this is actually something that's real life going on, and people really need to take this seriously. Um, And I think everyone, well, most people, at least at that moment, once things were really on lockdown the nba shut down yeah once the nba shut down it was like oh okay. <laughs> oh oh money's <laughs> being lost here y'all mean business yeah i had the same thought at the beginning where there was a lot of information and nothing was very clear so i thought oh it's like a flu and soon after that no it's not just the flu like this is very deadly it's interesting because We are all, all over the world, we're all going through this pandemic. So it's almost like it's a shared experience by billions of people. But at the same time, the U.S. has just been handling it so poorly compared to the rest (laughs) of the countries out there. And it's really upsetting me and my homegirls. And my homegirls. (laughs) Yeah, when there's not a unified response, people have to kind of find out on their own. A lot of people are led to inaccurate sources. But I did enjoy Cuomo's press conferences every morning. Yeah. Cuomo's think, the governor of New York. Yes. And I think he really set the, the pace, I think. Like, none of the other gov- states were really on top of their ish as uh, Cuomo. Yeah, but no, I think he was really on top of it. And I think, like, the New York area... It was probably the scariest, honestly. We were really at the epicenter at the beginning of this. And I remember just being like, I cannot leave my place. I can't find groceries. Um, I remember I had to have my mom ship me paper towels because I literally couldn't find them anywhere. And she always has things in bulk. So she sent me some. Um, 
Yeah, the grocery I, situation was weird. The first time I've seen whole aisle sold out. I remember I was looking yeah. for bacon. I love bacon. All of it was sold out. I'm thinking during a pandemic, do you need bacon? But just random items. And I went to the grocery store and all I could find meat wise was like plant-based meatballs. <laughs> did you buy them? I did because I'm hungry. <laughs> I needed to get food. But it's been it's been crazy. And even at the beginning when they told us not to wear a mask and then now CDC was like, actually, you need to wear a mask. It's like, I don't know, girl. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yes or no? Like, what's up here? Right. And I mean, it's still getting really bad. I don't think we ever got good because I feel once we up here were kind of getting things under control, the South was just moving and grooving as if there was no pandemic whatsoever. I remember the day when a thousand or so people died in April. That was horrifying. And even this past November, cases have still gone up. I mean, it's flu season. It's also cold, so people are naturally going to get more sick. It doesn't really seem like we're really going to see the end of this anytime soon. And although we get to work from home, kind of how has it been for you so far working from home during this pandemic? I'm someone who generally enjoys staying at home. I'm the person that I'm invited to a party while I show up. Who knows? Yeah, you may not see her. (laughs) (laughs) She might be late, but she'll be there. (laughs) And at the beginning, I really loved it because I could just roll out of bed and go to work instead of getting dressed, going on the subway, going to work. But after a while, just the stress of the whole situation and not being able to do many things because the whole New York City shut down at a point where you couldn't do many outdoor activities. Obviously, restaurants were shut down, stores if you weren't essential. And after a point, I started to miss the office, which is something I never thought I would say. Because I always said, oh, if we could go work from home indefinitely, I would love that. But I started to miss seeing my coworkers, going out to lunch, going to happy hours, hanging out, having in-person meetings, sprint ceremonies, just the human interaction element of work. And it's, it's just weird now where I've gotten more used to it and got into a schedule. But... I found out about myself that I do like a certain amount of human interaction and I miss it. How did you react to work from home? So originally I was okay. Um, I felt like whatever, I'll just do it. I also didn't know, I didn't really think too much about it. I felt like at the time there was just so much else going on in my personal life. So I was like, I mean, if I have to work from home, I guess I'm about to be working from home and that's it. Um, But I did start to miss kind of seeing people in general, Um, just meeting up with friends, going to dinner, Um, also just being in the office and just being around people a little bit, because I'm also very introverted, um, which may be hard to believe because I fake it. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, you're very good. Yeah. um, Social butterfly right here. So I... I enjoy being by myself a lot. And I think this pandemic has really shown me how much I truly enjoy being by myself. But I think working from home regularly is a little bit different than working from home in the middle of a pandemic because a lot of the vices and things that I like to do to kind of get myself together, make me feel good, I couldn't do them. I couldn't get my nails done. I couldn't just hang out with friends in the way that I want to. Um, so it really, I had to really take the time to kind of focus in on myself and just make sure that I'm happy by myself so that I can be okay to kind of survive this pandemic, um, especially at the beginning stages where I don't think I saw anyone I didn't, like anyone that I knew until June in real life. Like I saw the grocery store people. I went on runs, so I would see whoever happened to be outside because suddenly everyone became athletes during this <laughs> pandemic. Um, but generally, like people that I knew knew, I didn't, I haven't seen anyone. But it was definitely weird. Even when I went, I went home to see my family, and I just kept hugging them. And I'm not a big hugger, really. 
And just the fact that every single moment I would just want to be like, just give me a hug. Just give me a hug. Are you in yeah. contact? Please come yeah. in person. <laughs> so it was, it was different. But um, now I feel like I'm adjusting to it. I recognize that we kind of have to do this. Um, I don't think – I think that the fact that I'm able to do my job at home, why – and other people can't do that. Like other people can't work at home. So let me do my part in the public health arena and just stay here and do what I can to kind of alleviate the amount of risk that someone who has to go in every day would have to incur. I totally get what you're saying about not having a separation between work and home, where if you were work from home before coronavirus, you can end the workday, go out to drink, go out to see a movie, et cetera. With all that gone, it's another added level of isolation. Yeah, I feel like I'm always, I work at, at home, I work out at home, I eat at home, I sleep at home. And while I have a nice desk space so that I can do work and not, and be productive while I'm working, it does get really annoying when it's like, I'm just moving from my bed to the living room, <laughs> then back to my bed when this is A all journey, over. a commute. Yeah. <laughs> And I think I also just missed other aspects of my commute. Like I was a really big podcast listener and I had to kind of sort of integrate that back into my life because I have no commute to go listen to podcasts on or even reading. I used to read on my way to work and I had to integrate that into my schedule as well because I still do like to read. Yeah. So with it being kind of a temporary situation now, how do you think you'll feel working from home for the next year or so, or maybe even more when we can go back to work? Um, right now, I think I'm okay with it. Uh, we're also coming up on a year of working remotely. So Ugh. who knows how I'll feel once March happens and we're back to doing this again. I think it might hit a little bit more when it's summer. And if we're not out by summer, which... Who knows, really? Uh, and I think we're the still... vaccine comes out for general, the general population in June, they're saying. But all of that's really At subject to change. Yeah. yeah. So it's, we can't rely. They've said a lot of things. So yeah. there's a lot we still don't know. <laughs> and I think that I'm fine. Um, I've spent a lot of time trying to, oh, I guess I've gotten into home decor. So I've spent a lot of time trying to just make my space a little bit more enjoyable and a place that I feel comfortable in, even though, cause I have to be here all the time. So I think I'll be okay. Um, but we'll see, you know, check back in with me <laughs> a couple months from now. And we'll if have I'm, an update episode. How yeah. are you feeling in 2021? Yeah. What about you? I've gotten more used to it. Luckily getting past that point of, Oh, this is very weird and I miss everyone and I, I still miss everyone, but just getting more into routine with myself and also with the hobbies, I'm less distracted by worries and more into an activity. I also play bass guitar, so I've been noodling on that. Mm -hmm. So just finding ways to positively divert my attention from just a lot of negativity has been great to me. Also a plus for this if, I, if there's anything that's a plus, is I've gotten into contact with friends I hadn't talked to in a while. Her friend and I, we hop on Netflix party and just watch shows together in movies. And I have a game night with friends every Friday. And after the pandemic, it's great to have those relationships rekindled. Because what else can we do um, being work from home for the next year or so besides adapt? Yeah, that's so true. I've Definitely, I have two friends that I talk to on a pretty much every day, and they've become my coworkers because we'll just be <laughs> FaceTiming while we do work sometimes. So it's been nice to kind of strengthen a lot of my friendships, just being able to talk and um, just have more time to do more things that I want to do that I feel like if we didn't have this pandemic, I probably wouldn't be able to do them. But I also feel very thankful because it's just me. Um, I couldn't imagine how people who have families and 
um, children that they have to kind of also be a teacher to as well as a parent to as well as do their day job. So I honestly couldn't imagine. Yeah, I don't know if kids either in seeing the parents I work with where they have to take unexpected days off because their school shut down or something happened or having to, like you said, teach their kids and basically be a second teacher. And especially with the young kids where it's a lot of effort regardless. It's uh, so really big ups to the, the parents out there. Kind yeah. of do it all work, take care of the kids, keep the house together. Y'all are the real MVPs. And shout out <laughs> to all the first responders, doctors, nurses, public health professionals, teachers, grocery Retail store. workers, workers. grocery yeah. store. All of y'all are awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm really thankful for all that you've done. So even though we can work from home, and thankfully, like I'm very thankful for this, there have been massive layoffs, unfortunately, in the tech industry. We were, I was looking up on layoffs.fyi and basically 592 tech companies have laid off 80,000 plus employees over those past eight months. It's insane. It's mainly travel, entertainment, media, etc. The first people that are normally affected by any downturn, unfortunately. Yeah. And a lot of these companies are also very early stage startups. So it's kind of been interesting because you think, I think we talked about this last week where having a job in tech or as a software engineer, you tend to feel a lot more security in having that job. But it's really, I think this pandemic has shown that you're not necessarily always going to be safe, that you could lose your job too as well. Um, and has this changed your perspective on companies that you would consider working for or um, how you view startups now in general? I've always been very cautious with startups because just by the nature of being a startup, it's more unstable than an Intel or something like that. I personally always look for is this something that seems stable? Does this seem trendy? And that's worked out pretty well for me because I have very low risk tolerance personally. Would you work for a startup or are you looking at them differently now because of I don't know, instability? I think I'm definitely looking at them a lot differently now. Um, I've never worked at a startup And so, and the idea of working at a startup definitely wasn't the most appealing to me before, uh, because everything I've heard about startup culture just doesn't really vibe with kind of what I like and why core values. But I definitely am looking, or I think if a startup opportunity or an opportunity presented itself as a startup, I definitely have a lot more questions to ask. Um especially when it comes to like how much money you have. Um, If something were a pandemic or any other disaster that would wipe out or really drag down the economy, kind of what contingencies do you have in play? If you're working on something new or you're trying to like release something new, what happens if that doesn't work? Um, Do you have those contingency plans back in play? Because I feel like you need to be ask those real targeted questions and make sure that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into, not just at startups, but any company really, because things change a lot. But I think I've just seen a lot of companies in general just kind of switch up, change either what they were offering or double down on what they were offering and try to hone in on certain things. And you never know how that's going to really translate and vibe back down to you. If there's a company that really spoke to you, would you consider working there as a startup? I think if, I, if it really spoke to me, um, if the money was looking right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you were in your bag. Yeah, I, it would have to, but I, just, I also value life. Like my job isn't the only thing that I do. I'm not only a software engineer, you know what I mean? So it would have to be something where I can still be a software engineer, but also do other stuff as well. Because um, money is great, but it's not going to... I enjoy seeing my friends. I enjoy seeing my family. I enjoy 
going on vacation and just enjoying life and having memorable experiences. And I don't ever want to be at a point where I'm so busy that I can't do the things that I love to do anymore. You're saying you want a good work-life balance? Yeah, I think the good work-life balance is definitely key. But I also think now, I don't know, I feel like I am a little bit more cautious when it comes to startups now, um, especially because knowing that most startups don't even make it past the first few years of them. And then now where we've seen where push comes to shove, sometimes you got to go, you know, what seems profitable at some point may not be profitable in the long term. Um, And I think I value a lot of stability more than just going with what seems hot and trendy right now. Yeah. Also, like we said, anyone can be in danger of a layoff. So just Mm -hmm. keeping your skills current. Because even kind of the seemingly stable companies, like when we were looking at layoffs at FYI, some companies I was very confused because they seemed very far away from travel entertainment, et cetera. I think I saw Chef had layoffs as well, and they do DevOps software. So just it was was shocking to me in a way, oh, I really need to keep up to date on technologies, frameworks, et cetera, in case... Mm -hmm. Yeah, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, basically. (laughs) Write that in the show notes, quote (laughs) quote of the episode. (laughs) Some of these companies were very surprising to me. One is Airbnb, who had, I think they let off 1,900 or so employees. That was about 20%. And they're trying to go public very soon. I think at a $2 billion valuation yeah that one's really it's very interesting how they managed to turn it around or seemingly managed to turn it around um i guess more people that are working remotely and as more companies are letting people kind of work wherever more people are just booking airbnbs to kind of live this nomadic lifestyle in more staycations where mm-hmm. you're not going out of state it's Go into a little house in the woods. There's a change of scenery of sorts. Yeah, I definitely did that. I went to Connecticut a couple months ago, and there's not much to do in Connecticut, but it was nice to just kind of relax and not be in front of the same window that I'm always in front of <laughs> every single day. Were you at the beach or? No, we were in uh, New Haven. So oh, nice. Yeah, so it's just a nice little outdoorsy. We went canoeing. It was cute. Very rustic. Yeah, but then we've also seen companies that started and ended during this pandemic, like Grand Quibi. opening, grand closing. <laughs> <laughs> like Quibi, for example. Oh, God, let's start talking about Quibi. <laughs> I could tell this is going to be a bad idea even before the pandemic, mm. when they were starting to advertise. And I find it funny how I saw advertisements everywhere, like every YouTube video, a Quibi advertisement. And it was, it was those type of commercials where they don't tell you what the product is. It was just them saying the name. It's very weird. You didn't see any the advertisements. Yeah, so. I didn't see any. I... Not on the subway, not on YouTube. Not at all. I feel like maybe I heard a podcast where they were talking about someone that they knew that was having a show on Quibi, but no. I I think the big news I heard about Quibi was when they were shutting down, to be honest. <laughs> a marketing disaster, a product development disaster. Besides being a bad idea, it was released at the worst possible time. Of course, they couldn't have foreseen a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But a type of media that's predicated on you having short amounts of time on the go. And a pandemic happens and you have a lot of time on your couch. The total opposite. Yeah. And not being able to cast to your TV. To having kind of weird shows. I know Chrissy Teigen had a Judge Judy type show. Mm. Which was weird because she's not really judge <laughs> yeah I, I haven't I didn't even look into the programming of Quibi but I feel like they may have been successful if they were able to pivot their offering a little bit better like maybe if they invested more resources into actually having an app that people could 
put on their smart TVs, for example, it probably would have taken off more because people are consuming tons of content. Like everyone's going on Instagram Live. There's Clubhouse now. There's conferences that are always popping up every every couple days. So I think that it just it's what happens when you try to like do too much or you're so set on an idea and you're not willing to kind of pull out and really figure out what to actually do. Or even look at the market. Right. Who was asking for this? No one. <laughs> and why can't we spend eight minutes being contemplative or calling a friend? I don't need to be watching something every hour of my life. Yeah. Especially when like Zoom fatigue is so real. So why are we doing this? The founders of Kobe were Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman of Disney and HP, respectively. So I was kind of like, mm, do they, do they mm. know this market? And apparently, it sound no. like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another. I wonder what their where their content will go. I think that they were trying to sell it, but I don't see a Netflix or Hulu buying it out. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things that will quietly go away. And a year from now, no one's going to be talking about it anymore. <laughs> Could be who? Never heard of her. <laughs> Don't know her. <laughs> so you have a story about Bird. What happened to Bird? Yeah. So I don't know if you heard about this, but Bird, when they were laying off their employees, they actually sent a mass video message to everyone that they were going to lay them off and basically were like, in five seconds, you're going to lose access to everything. Here's the links to your severance. Wish you the best. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Oh, no. And that is, and it's like, I get it. You know, we're in a pandemic and times are hard, but you can at least be human. You can at least try and have a little bit more empathy. Exactly. Or try to provide resources for laid off workers. Yeah. Just something. Or a personal element, a video message. You work with these people for years. I mean, that's yeah, that awful. It's also very telling that companies have no problem just firing you. Um, so don't stay loyal to those who are listening out here because they have no problem firing you and then finding somebody else next week to fulfill your position. So, but that's also a big element of culture, right? Like, how do you treat your employees, not just when they're in there doing the work that they need you to do, but also after the fact as well? Yeah, exactly. Or something goes bad. How do you support this employee? Exactly. And I think that's also something I would look into as companies as well when you're looking for new opportunities is also how did they deal with this pandemic? Did they provide resources for their employees to have comfortable working situations at home? Are they allowing for flexible hours for people who have children? Um, like, what are they doing to really make sure that everyone is at least somewhat comfortable during the situation? And did they acknowledge the increased mental toil during this, where people are? It's a fundamentally different world now. And people should be supported if they are having trouble adapting. For sure, definitely. So how do you think that the COVID pandemic will affect this tech industry in the future? There are just so many question marks. The first one is, will these jobs return? Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, some jobs will never return, and that's awful. You're having a lot of people that have to be retrained or have to job search with increased competition. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure about tech, where I think some roles work, will come back, but I'm not sure if we'll see and come back to pre-pandemic levels. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I think, well, when jobs end or companies end like new tech companies start up so i feel like new jobs will probably happen but will people be inclined to really work there like i feel like this pandemic 
everyone just kind of froze, you know, hiring was frozen, people were frozen in the sense that no one wanted to do anything because they didn't really know what was going to happen. And I think now a lot of people are, a lot of people are staying where they are just because they don't know what this future is going to hold. And at least at the very minimum, they can maintain some sense of stability while in their current workplace as well. So it's hard to see. But I think one thing I think is probably going to be really unfortunate is just the junior employee talent pool. Um, I think it was already really hard for junior employees to get opportunities when there wasn't a pandemic. And I don't recall the last time I've ever seen at all this year, specifically junior roles, hiring entry-level devs. Um, I think new grads that are coming out, I saw offers getting rescinded when people were graduating in 2020 um, or spring of 2020. So I think it's really going to be even harder for junior people to kind of get those opportunities. Yeah, it's an awful situation because new grads are not only competing against other new grads, you're competing against people who were in junior roles, <clears throat> excuse me, and laid off and yeah. boot camp grads, et cetera. So just an increased competition for less jobs. And that could have long-term effects on your career. If you can't get your career started immediately, and you're job searching for a large amount of time. Right. And the tech com- tech jobs are already super competitive. So I feel like it's only going to get worse. And from a mentorship point of view, I remember when I was a junior dev. Actually, I'm still one, but not as junior. <laughs> Shay is the senior here. Oh, my gosh. Just, <laughs> just being mentored by senior employees in person where I could turn to my coworker next to me and ask, oh, this isn't working. Can we talk this over? And just debugging together, pairing. And with Zoom, luckily, this is still possible through screen shares, things like that. But just having that human element and being able to just turn around to someone next to you instead of pinging them on Slack or sending an email. If you're not getting that in-person mentorship, I don't think it'll be the, the same. It's definitely not the same, but I feel like we have to try. I personally have mentored junior devs remotely during this pandemic. And while sometimes it's not the easiest, especially when you can't just be like, just do this. (laughs) Um, It's still, I think they still get a lot of value out of it. And I think it only makes when you are able to meet them in person a little bit more special and a little bit more exciting. For them. You've been met your team at work, right? No, I haven't. Yeah, I was supposed to meet them. Um, so that was also kind of difficult, just trying to find my place on this new team where they haven't met me in person. And I was the new girl. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, who is this girl just chatting away on Zoom? We've never seen her before. I don't even think they know how tall I am. <laughs> is she <laughs> real? I'm, yeah, I'm just sitting for all intents and purposes. So. You could be like 4'6", 6'5", 5'2", 5'5", who knows? No one. No one will know. <laughs> I'm not 6'5", by the way. Okay. So. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in case you were wondering. But... I mean, I think it's just going to be different. I think a lot of people are just going to have to adapt to kind of where it is now. Um, And I think those who want to make the adaptation will make it and they'll make the experience as seamless as possible. And those who don't, they're just going to get left behind because I feel like it's very telling if you aren't willing to change and you're not willing to switch things up and try to make things work. Exactly. It's definitely not optimal mentorship, but, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen some companies, though, who they're working from home indefinitely. Now, if your job told you that you have to work from home indefinitely, how would you feel about that? Are we discussing Facebook and Twitter? hmm I don't know if that would change my work location. I know some people left for the suburbs. It's a very hot market for sellers at the moment. But I don't have any 
attachments anywhere, but I like living in New York City, so I'd probably stay here. It would take some getting used to, just knowing that, you know, I might never see the office again. But when, like we discussed, discussed earlier, when things open up and I can actually do things, it might actually be a fun time or better than before. But I would like the opportunity to be able to go into the office occasionally, once a week, once a month, a big meeting, etc. I wouldn't want to be work from home all the time if it was possible. So I guess I kind of flipped the question a bit. And also they think they change your salary depending on where you move. So your salary will scale if you move to say Kansas versus Not always. California. Oh, I know some companies are doing that. I think Facebook. some companies are staying the same. Oh, you can move to middle of nowhere, Arkansas, live like a king. Yeah, wouldn't want to do that though. But <laughs> <laughs> I do think for me, I think I would be fine. Uh, I think would I would you still stay where stay. you are. Yeah, I would definitely still stay here just because anywhere else I wouldn't really know that many people. Um, and I think while it's, it's already hard making f- new friends as an adult, I think oh, it's, it's even so harder difficult. when you're working remotely as well. So I think I would just stay here until it didn't make sense. But right now, it's fine. I, I like being here. Um, I didn't think I was going to be here as long as I've been, but it's fine. And I also think there, – so there are companies, though, that they're remote now, but they're planning on rolling people back in in some sort of tiered approach, which is so interesting because on the one hand, it's like I get it, but on the other hand, if we've already shown that we can do our jobs remotely, why are we forcing this everyone getting back to the office? Yeah, it's very weird. Also, some companies like your bigger banks, think Chase, etc., were really against work from home because these are 100-year-old institutions. Mm-hmm. And when they were forced to go work from home, they found out it wasn't as bad as it was. And I think companies need to get into that mindset of this change isn't necessarily bad because it wasn't what it was before. I think that um, I wouldn't want to work at this company. If you're forcing me to go back in the middle of a pandemic, we can, I'll put in my two weeks. I don't need to be here for this. (laughs) But I think we're privileged where we can say, I'll find somewhere else to work. Mm -hmm, For sure. Where a lot of people... You can't just quit because you'll be unemployed and we don't yeah. know what the future holds. Yeah, but I feel, but I, I guess more so just talking about tech companies in general. Like I think as software engineers, we're able to do our jobs anywhere, but even software engineering companies don't necessarily have the best infrastructure to have people working from home either. And I think that's the problem because I, I do like working from home. So any company that's making it so I have to show up is kind of like, why? You know, when so I want can, more flexible options. Yeah, I definitely want more flexibility. And I don't want to feel like I because I've worked in places where I felt like I had to make an excuse for working from home, even though I just needed a break from seeing all of you people every single day. <laughs> With companies going remote and now you're not necessarily chained to a location that's going to cause an increased level of competition because anyone can compete for job openings. What do we think that future will hold? Like, what do you, what do you think? I don't know. I think it's going to be even, I don't think it's going to be any more competitive than it is now. Um, I think it can only help because not everyone can afford to just pack up and move to New York City or San Francisco and work these tech jobs. Um, And even working in New York and San Francisco, it's already so expensive, um, probably because the influx of tech companies that are there. But I think it'll be nice to just people have more options. I think the fact that more companies are being more remote to me, it's like, okay, I don't have to be here if I don't want to. And I have a good enough amount of opportunities outside of just the New York 
SF bubble. You know what I mean? So I think it's fine. Uh, I think it is competitive. I don't think competition is ever going to go away. Um, I think companies like to keep it competitive, even though they don't really need to. But I don't think it'll be any different. But I think it'd be interesting to just see more people kind of feel that they have more opportunities around them than having to be because not everyone wants to live in New York or SF, you know, and it's definitely not for everyone. But I feel like getting a job as a software engineer is definitely doable for tons of people if they so want it. Yeah, I mean, there's still issues about rural communities not having internet access, where I don't think it's that great equalizer where everyone can just get a job now. For sure. There's still some infrastructure issues, unfortunately. And also I'm wondering if it doesn't matter where you work, will some jobs just go international where it's not just you're competing against Americans. It's everyone who wants a tech job. But also I know there are tax implications, so it might not be, it might not happen. Just another thing to think about. I think it, it probably won't happen as quickly as I think that we think it will, or as it kind of, as quickly as this started, I don't think the, the, the rollout plan is going to happen as quickly as I think people want it to. So I think for me, it's just kind of, let's just, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Let's figure out kind of how things are going to shake up, how things are going to play out, figure out where I personally want to be location wise. But I mean, for right now, I'm fine here. Um, And I also like being at home. So if I can be in a city that I like to be in and be remotely as much as I want to, then that's fine. Um, I don't mind coming in for planning meetings or any big things, but I don't need to see anybody every day, personally. (laughs) I also think for me, yeah, especially with like, I've gotten so used to being by myself. So any moment of time now where I've had an ounce of like social distance socialization, I'm exhausted. When I get home, I'm It feels weird just seeing someone chatting with them. Yeah. It's super strange. So I can't, can't imagine, but I'm glad to see that you're doing well and you're surviving and thriving out here in this pandemic. (laughs) I wouldn't say thriving, but she's surviving. Yeah, for sure. And also I found interesting where we both said we want to stay put. And I still think a lot of tech workers will congregate in these larger cities like San Francisco, Austin, New York, Atlanta, et cetera. So there'll be, I think, some sort of presence from these companies, but not requirements of, oh, you have to be in San Francisco to work this job. this question from my instagram dms um someone asked me what is the biggest it goes down in the dms (laughs) girl i'm sorry (laughs) what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your career i think for me personally i think the biggest lesson i've learned is the importance of networking and smart networking so not even just oh i know you but i also know what you do and what you're trying to do i think A lot of times we think that networking is just, oh, I know this girl, I know this boy, they're at this team, they're doing this or whatever. But I think effectively networking is when I'm able to be in a room and someone's like, hey, we need this backend engineer who's really good at APIs. And I'm like, oh, I know Nicole's really good at APIs and I know that she's trying to move to a team that is good for, like that is doing APIs or whatever. So for me, I think being able to network effectively is key. And I think I would have saved myself a lot of tears if I was better at networking. How would one cultivate these strong networks? I think don't just go for qual- like quantity. Make sure you're going for quality. Any event that you're at, don't strive to meet like as many people as you can. Maybe strive to meet two people um, and really get to know them on a very good level so that you can talk to them later, you can follow up with them later. Really pay attention to your gut and really trust like, do you gravitate to this person? Not everyone that you think is 
super cool or super flashy do you need to network with or need to have in your network because they might be jerks you know what I mean and also don't be afraid to network on a like on, on with people on your same level not you don't always have to network up you can network across and sometimes that across networking is definitely even more valuable than trying to network up I totally agree with this especially because networks can create referrals and many companies highly value referrals. Like I wouldn't be at my current job if it wasn't through networking and getting a referral from one of my friends. So I definitely think that networking is key. I also got my current job from a referral as well. And also leveraging groups you're a part of, even at a casual level, just reaching out because what is it saying? Closed mouths don't get fed. (laughs) Or the worst someone can say is no. You just have to ask them, hey, I read your article. I saw you at this event. Are there any openings at your company? Or can we go out to coffee? And obviously not now. You can go out to coffee. Up on a Zoom chat. But not being scared to reach out to these people. Because I often found in my own life, I saw people who were levels above me at these huge popular companies and thought I can't talk to them I'm just nowhere near their level but people are generally very happy that you reached out to them and most times they do I mean they do whatever they can't help you yeah I love when people reach out to me and ask me questions um so I'm like wow you really thought that I'd be a good person to answer this question I don't know I feel honored that you actually care about what I have to say. So I enjoy hearing other people's perspectives as well. I think learning about how other people, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to focus on, and being able to kind of get that exchange of ideas, it makes me a better software engineer. And I also want to, I want to see my people win as well. I remember I was at a conference with my company and there was a luncheon for college students. And I'm old now, so (laughs) I remember going to those conferences and being those kids, not kids, I mean, those young women who would go to these events and talk to the employees. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so awesome. And just being in that position and thinking, I don't know what to say. Hopefully I say something that helps these women. And just people, everyone's faking it until they make it, honestly. Or whoever you are, you have valuable information. And people, around you that maybe you haven't thought about that are willing to help you. Yeah. And there's so many, there's passive and active ways of networking. For example, if you're putting the things that you're, if you're sharing the things that you're learning to a massive audience of people on the internet, people are going to pick up on that. People are going to say, oh, wow, I've really been seeing that you're really doing good stuff. I want to learn, or I have this opportunity for you if you're interested. So don't be, don't be afraid, you know, just put yourself out there, focus on uh, really building out your equality network of people that you know that you can reach out to and ask for help, mentorship, guidance, direction, whenever you need it. So Nicole, what's your big lesson that you've learned in your career? My biggest lesson is definitely be visible. Jumping back to my closed mouths, don't get fed. Mm. Whereas sometimes what I've learned, like you learn growing up, oh, the work will speak for itself. And in school it does, where if you do great work, you'll get a great grade. And that's great. But in the working world, a lot of times, if you're not visible, people don't know what you did. Where you could have been behind a major portion of a successful project and no one knows, and then ends up hampering your promotion potential and maybe reviews. And it doesn't have to be, you have to become a extroverted person, you to be jabbering about in meetings, just making sure in your way that, oh, in one-on-ones, 
I finished A, B, C, D, and these are the results. And it's also very important if you're planning on moving jobs where you have quantitative results and you have pieces of work that you can point to and say, hey, like I did this thing and improved by 50%. I think that's really great advice. I remember when I was interning and my the one piece of feedback that my manager had said was that I didn't talk enough. I got that too <laughs> in my first job. And I was just kind of like, I mean, you see me every day, so I don't understand what I need to talk about. But it's definitely something that I've kind of had to learn is you have to talk about what you're doing. Otherwise, people aren't going to recognize you. And I think especially as black women, it's so easy to get overlooked a lot of times. And so you have to make your voice heard and you need to make sure that people know that you've, you've done the work. And these were your ideas as well. We have a friend who always talks about a hype doc where when you complete a big amount of work mm-hmm. or just something that you're proud of, you put in your document. So you always have something to point to where I did this. This executive said this thing. This senior developer said this. And it's also for your own confidence level where you can see, oh, this great work I did in the past. I can continue to do great work even if it's a gnarly project that you're working on now. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, our tips, um, network, and make sure you use your voice. Well, Nicole, I think this concludes our second podcast episode. Yes, I really enjoyed this conversation. It's always a pleasure. I love seeing your beautiful face. Likewise. Through Zoom. Likewise. <laughs> We're going to end every episode with a compliment. Oh, I like that, actually. I like that. If you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us at a different tech on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you're sending us your questions at a different tech at gmail.com because we may be answering it on the show. And make sure you tune in into next week's episode where we discuss how you can get into the technology industry, either through college or other means. See you guys next week. Bye.